You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 podcast with Jen Renault. Be nice and pass it along. Let the world hear the song you sing with your smile. Oh, be nice. Be kind. So glad you are here now. Do I have an exciting, laughter-filled, and informatively fun interview today? Thank you to all my loyal listeners. I truly appreciate you. And welcome to all of you new listeners too. The Whatsoever 168 podcast is about celebrating great people who are all around you doing simple yet important good deeds. And these folks perform them lovingly and often with little recognition. And part of their goodness and light is that honestly, they're not looking to be in the spotlight. They just love God and are willing to go where he's calling them to serve. I am certain you're going to enjoy our next guest here for episode 11. Please feel free to share this podcast and the others, subscribe to our podcast, and keep in touch with us on social media at whatsoever168podcast. All the cool kids are doing it, and our next guest is definitely a cool kid. This guest is truly one big goofball. She runs her church's Children's Liturgy of the Word, and you know if you work with little kids, you got to be willing to get dirty and be goofy. She's a wife, a mom, a lover of animals, a wearer of silly costumes and hats, and simply a goofy yet good love you with her whole heart friend. I share with you the infamous, I mean lovely, Beth Ferris. Okay, so I'm sitting here already laughing with my buddy Beth Ferris as my crazy dog Bear is finally rested and relaxed and not driving her crazy. So Beth, welcome. Thanks, Jen. I'm so glad that you're here today on the Whatsoever 168 podcast. I have you here today because God put you on my heart because you have a beautiful ministry and I was hoping that you could share with our listeners your Whatsoever project. All right, so my Whatsoever project is I am the leader of the Children's Liturgy of the Word at the 10 o'clock Mass. So we take the children back during the readings and we do our own little kid thing. Oh my goodness, they put you in charge? Yeah, scary, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) Those crazy people at the church. So Children's Liturgy of the Word, it's also known as... Clow. Clow. I know some people don't like that. Clow, Mm -hmm. Children's Liturgy of the Word. How in the world did you get suckered into, I mean, broken, I mean, voluntold? How did you get involved with this ministry? Yeah, it was totally like that because, um, (laughs) honestly, I didn't want this job in the first place. But the um, people that had been doing it before, doing an amazing job, left to take over the fair. Okay. And so we had a vacancy. And I was sitting in Sunday. My daughter was, I don't know, fourth, thirdish, gradeish, fourthish, gradeish. Still young enough, you know. And so I'm just sitting there every week, like, and they're asking for someone. I'm like, all right, someone's going to do this. The next week we get back to Mass. They're still announcing it. All right, someone's going to do this. You know, like, <laughs> I need my kid to go away for a few minutes so I can I want to enjoy Mass, okay? Like, all right, someone's going to do this, right? So then I was out in the Tiki Hut doing our little prayer thing with a couple of my friends and we're talking about it afterwards and I'm like all right so someone's gonna do this and then she looked at me and she's like well are you gonna do it I was like I don't really want to do this you know like I'm not qualified for this I'm a veterinarian I'm not a teacher right like I I'm shy too and like the thought of standing up in front of all those kids and sharing my faith was just like I can't do this absolutely not but I went over to the parish hall and we talked and they're like, congratulations, no one else wants it. <laughs> Here's your book, go nuts. <laughs> See what happens is kind of like my mom said, no matter what, no matter how badly you have to go to the bathroom, do not get up and walk out or you will come back and be in charge of everything. <laughs> and so let's walk this back just a little bit. You said the Tiki Hut thing where you were praying. What is that all about? 
The tiki hut was something that we used to do be- before school. Okay. And there were a bunch of um, people got together and we would read the daily scripture and we would um, read the reflection and pray on it. Okay, so you went there and you just happened to be talking to some of the other parents who were right. there praying, mm-hmm. right? And you said that you were shy, and I'm giggling here right now to myself going, you are so not shy. No, I so am. But when it comes to your faith, sharing yes. that, why is that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. It's just something we never really talked about. Right. But um, talking about being God equipping you for things, mm-hmm. I would never have been able to do this at all if it weren't for Christ Renews' parish. Right. So I was on two teens at Christ Renews' parish, and so all that forced sharing and then doing the witnesses at the retreat themselves, it helped me to be at least a little more comfortable with all that. Right, and you just kind of set me up for the next question, which was, which, how were you formed for this ministry? How did that all unfold to where, at that point, after the Tiki Hut, you realized, like, yes, even though I don't feel called for this, even though I don't feel like I... It's not so much you didn't feel like you were called to it, you just didn't feel like you could like do it. I'm not qualified for right, it, right? Right, right. So, but something clicked, something happened. And so what was that all about? I don't even know what happened. Because I heard God calling me and telling me that I needed to go do this. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. Every week? Right. I can't, you, you kept know? waiting for somebody else to stand up and go, I'll do it. Someone else is going to do it. Right. And I'm not a teacher. So you didn't notice the spotlight on you at church, right? Exactly. <laughs> And I mean, I did, I taught, but I taught community college to vet tech students. And that's a world of difference from sharing your faith with elementary school kids. Right. And you know, for those of you who don't know, vet, she said vet tech. Beth here is a vet squared. And when I mean vet squared, she is a veterinarian, but she's also a veteran. And I know that Veterans Day was last month, but thank you so much for your service. And I know that that helped your time in the military helped shape you and form you for your vocation that you're doing outside of the church, which is being a veterinarian. And we're going to speak a little bit more about that in just a moment, but I want to go ahead and bring it back to the Christ News' parish and your formation there. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Okay. That was just an incredible experience for me, Going first of all, going through the retreat and then just transformed everything that weekend. And then I really knew that I needed to continue on with that. I didn't know what was involved in being on the team, but our weekly meetings and all the, the reading the scriptures and discussing the scriptures, that like super helped me to mm-hmm. prepare for children's liturgy because that's basically what we do there. Right. And yeah. then just sharing with people and talking about it, even a little group setting. Right. I know when I went on my retreat, you know, it's sev- several of our guests who have come on the podcast have shared or mentioned Christ Renews His Parish. And I know when I went on my retreat, I went on the retreat. I had a great experience. I felt called to go and put on the following retreat. And I remember being in a room. We were 12 women, and I remember they would call us the 12 apostles. And I remember every night sitting in that room, in this circle, looking at each woman. And several of my friends and church friends have heard this story where I sat in the room, and mentally I was saying to myself, this woman does this at the church. That woman does this at the church. This woman's so holy. She prays so beautifully every night. She never yells at her children. Da, da, da. And I went around that whole circle and I came back to myself. And I remember thinking, what in the world do I have to offer? I do not belong in this circle of women. And this went on. I never shared that with anybody. I even didn't even talk about it to my husband. I just would come back from those formation meetings for about a month and a half. And I will never forget one night. It was a September night. It was rainy. We're packing up our bags. It's like 1030 because our team loved to share. And, and I loved it. I have some of the best friends in my life and best church leaders, mentors in my life from that going way back. 
um, almost 10 years now. But anyhow, on this particular evening, I still was feeling that unworthiness, that unqualified, and I don't belong in this seat. And I will never forget, everybody's packing up, everybody's leaving. And one of the ladies, I'm going to go ahead and, and name her name. Her name is Tessie. May she rest in peace. But that night, Tessie walked over to me, not knowing how I felt. And she said to me, Jennifer, we need you here. You have gifts and talents that no one else has. And our team needs you. Never doubt that. And she turned around and she walked away. She didn't give me a a chance to go, but wait a minute, but what about this? And you do that and I don't do that and you do this and they do that. She didn't give me that chance. She smacked me with words from the Holy Spirit. I know that God put those words on her heart to come to me and remind me that I have value and I have worth. And that was such a pivotal moment in my faith walk when I realized that I am goofy, just like you're goofy. And I know you bring that to children's liturgy of the word. I say that with the utmost respect is that we have different gifts and talents, especially when you work with children and the youth, you've got to be goofy. But Tessie reminded me, and I know that it was God speaking through her, that we don't need you to be like everybody else in this circle. The gifts Mm -hmm. and talents that you have, we need those for this team. And what a moment that was for me. Now, of course, I still had to grow into accepting that and learning. But once I did and more as I grew in the knowledge of scripture and growing closer to Christ, like you did with your retreat, it was transformative. And so, of course, I got involved with youth ministry not long after that and all the other ministries that, of course, I got roped into, suckered into, (laughs) voluntold into. And so you and I had very similar experiences because I remember, I think I was helping put on your retreat. Yes. And you had a, oh my goodness, Beth's table, (laughs) Beth's table name was Beth. Chicken wings. Okay. And here's why it was chicken wings, Beth. I don't know. I was at work. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Beth came late. That's right. If I remember correctly, a ferret had urinated on Beth when she came back. She had to get a shower. And I have air quotes going on right now. That's right. You were not there. So the name of her table was Chicken Wings, but it really wasn't. One of the girls at her table had drawn these beautiful, well, they really weren't beautiful. Otherwise, we would know. It was supposed to be Angel's Wings. And so I think I was the lay director mm-hmm. in that retreat. And I was like, are those Chicken Wings? And hence the name Chicken Wings and Chicken Dance. And it was all done with respect and love for God. But that was good times so anyhow I've digressed with my little story but it just was a reminder about how so often when we jump into these ministries we don't feel that we're good enough and we let the devil come in and whisper in our ear that you're not good enough that the kids won't relate to you that whatever ministry it is and for you it's working with kids which can be (laughs) a daunting task because they will straight up tell you that they do not like what it is that you're doing (laughs) as I can imagine they have for you tell me what you were talking about the being goofy part and when I first started I I wasn't. We had this book and it had all these questions, suggested questions when you're discussing the readings and some of them were just awful. <laughs> like I couldn't even answer this question. <laughs> Never mind a, a 10-year-old. What's the square root of 522? Is it like wait, this is horrible. But I was very kind of serious about it and nervous about it. And the kids were like, "Ugh, this is not so fun." And then you actually helped me with this. I came over for you. I'm like, "Jen, I need some help here. Oh my gosh, I forgot all about yeah. that. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, just be goofy. It'll be fine. <laughs> Beth, be yourself. Be goofy. Right. And so it worked out much better after that. I had a much better, much more fun doing all this, mm-hmm. trying to find little projects for them and stuff. Okay. So now that you're talking about that, tell the listeners what a typical 
children's liturgy of the word looks like. So after the beginning of mass, at right as we're all beginning to sit down and, and hear the readings, the priest calls up all the children and then take us from there. And then the, um, we have our book, our lectionary, and we have two little candles that we have the children carry in, which can be dicey sometimes too, depending on how old they are. But <laughs> so we all process out <laughs> into the Marian Chapel. <laughs> You look, I remember one time I looked up and you had, Cassie was little, 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 and she's holding a candle and then Riley's got a, the Bible and she's holding it up like she's Deacon Mike. And I thought, oh my gosh, please don't drop oh, that yeah. candle. I think I do a lot of praying right then and there. <laughs> You're not the only one, sister. <laughs> Everybody's watching. Yeah. Okay, so they all go So back. we all process into the back and then they sit down. We do our opening prayer and then we will discuss what we're doing. So um, I give them a little intro about what week it is and everything that's going on. Then we're going to have a song and then um, we go over the responses to the readings. So I have them all written out on like a big poster so that we can hold them up mm-hmm. so the children know what to say. So they have a visual. So they have a visual, okay. right, so that they remember what they're supposed to say. And then I tell them, you know, that you need to pay attention to the readings because we're going to talk about them afterwards and I'm going to ask you questions. And when you answer the questions, you get and they're so stoked for the stickers (laughs) and so I give them stickers just for you know to encourage them to participate I don't care if it's the right answer the wrong answer some of the answers are just like so way over there that has nothing to do with what we're talking about or it's a story oh yeah (laughs) I'm like all right patience finish your story thanks moving on And then, so we have a song, and the song is usually something related to the theme of the readings. I try to make it relevant. And it can be anything from classic hymns to contemporary Christian to veggie tales. Okay. After the song, we do two readings. We'll do the, the usually the first reading, and we do the gospel. And then after the gospel, they get to all sit down, and we talk about what we read. Um, and I try to make it relevant to them you know we'll always do the recap of the story and we're like yeah and then jesus he's like this rock star and he was talking to everyone in the stadium and they were like whoa and he pulled out his cell phone yeah they're like hey he didn't have a phone (laughs) (laughs) so just like you said goofy just to make it a little more relevant to them and then i try to explain the story and and the background because they don't understand you know that way back in Jerusalem in that time right they can't remember what they had for breakfast that morning right they don't know about shepherds and (laughs) Pharisees and Sadducees and the temple and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so they get a little background we recap the story and then I'm gonna ask them questions about trying to like make things relevant and try to show them that this isn't just some dusty old story but that it really does pertain to you as a kid in 2019 right so you tie it to them yeah that's awesome and then what what they can do right I always try and make it practical, and then you can go out and do something right. or say something. What's the age range of kids that go back there? It's any, typically. typically, it's usually kindergarten. They can be up to fifth grade. Some, sometimes we get a few of the pre-K-4s. Well, I know Riley is in seventh grade, and she still likes going back there, and she loves getting her stickers, and now she is handing out the stickers. So yeah, I, say, I put her to work sometimes, too. Yes, <laughs> she likes that. She definitely likes working with the kids. She does, and she's good. She helps some of the younger kids when she's back there, does too. She? She's behaving. Of she does. Shout out, Riley. Way to go. <laughs> I know Cassie does, too, but she's starting to get too old for that, too. Let me ask you a question about that, because you, you talked a lot about, you talked about the readings, the um, poster boards that you hold up, the stickers. How do you prepare for a typical lesson? So I'm going to be reading. I read the readings. 
a lot. On your own. On my own. I have my own children's lectionary because the wording is different. Okay. They change the wording for the kids to make it a little more understandable, take out some of the horrifically scary, weird parts, (laughs) (laughs) and use better words that they can understand. Okay. So I'm I'm reading through that Mm. over a course of days, and then um, I just kind of sit down and I pray and I go through. I have two books now that help with like one has a um a homily like a suggested homily so i'm going to read through all that and there's commentary in the books and there's questions i kind of take a piece of this and a little bit of that and just throw it all together and i roughly map out what i'm going to say but there's definitely a lot of wing in it right <laughs> so i'm just i'm and seriously before we start i pray in the holy spirit that to give me the words that i need to say to them and to open their hearts and their ears to hear what they need to hear right to try and make it relevant. Just ties right back to the chicken wings. It does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good teaching right there because I know when I was in college, shout out UCF baby, and I was in college and we were studying to be a teacher, it's not really just one methodology. You have to pull in. So it's great that you have more books now, you have more resources because the fact of the matter is not everything that you do is going to appeal to every single kid that walks in and then you said that you have age range between about three and four maybe five all the way up to fifth grade which fifth grade can be 10 11 years old so that's a yeah. big age gap do parents typically go back there with you as well some of the parents will with the little kids yeah they'll come back with the little kids especially when they're first starting in there till the kids get comfortable with it but yeah and i've heard a lot actually from the parents that they really get a lot out of my <laughs> explanation that was on my level exactly (laughs) ah that's why you have 10 parents going back there now i see yeah pretty much they're all supposedly going back there with their kids but they're going back there for beth's great lessons right so after the lesson we didn't even get to the end of it we oh sorry (laughs) we finished our finished wrap up our discussion now jill will come back and give me five minutes till okay jill and jill's our sacristan so she kind of gives you a five minute she gives me a five minute warning because you never know how long they're going to talk out there (laughs) (laughs) so then we wrap everything up um we'll say our closing prayer and then i always give them a little something to take home like a pencil or a bookmark we have little puff balls that say jesus loves you and different things for the different holidays and it's all religiously themed so we're kind of tying things in together sometimes we can really tie things in sometimes it's just like oh have a puff ball (laughs) (laughs) i can't think of anything creative so you're just going to get a puff ball i got nothing that goes with this story here (laughs) but you know what the kids don't care they They feel like they they do they do they like going back and then when they come back and sit in their seats they show their parents it gives them something to talk about when they when their parents are standing around after mass talking for two hours after the kids have something to play with Right, right. As they're sitting there playing with the pup balls or rolling their eyeballs saying, can we go now? Except I always have to warn them not to play with this in the pew. Oh, yes. <laughs> Your parents are going to take it from you. Aw, such a good teacher. <laughs> Let me ask you a quick question. So we talked about preparation. Do you have any help back there or are you pretty much flying solo? Oh, no. I have definitely have help. You need someone to, hold, to hand out the stickers, you know, and, okay. and to hold the little boy. Oh, not just Riley. Okay. Right. right. <laughs> so when I first started, it was a, um, a teenager mm-hmm. who wanted to... He actually wanted to do it, but you had to be an adult, and okay. he wasn't quite there yet. So Matthew was my helper for the first couple of years, and then, you know, he graduated high school and went to college, and 
couldn't help me anymore. The and kid I was has sad. a lot of nerve moving on. Right? He did an awesome job. So I was sad because Matt had Matt had his posse come back with him too. <laughs> like all his friends are sitting in the back. You know, one <laughs> of his questions. And one of his posse happened to be the lady I spoke of, Tessie. It was Tessie's son, Anthony. And he is a he's a bodybuilder. And that joker is big. He's a sweetest young man, but he's big. Yeah. So it's like Boy, you better be answering that question. <laughs> you better sit up straight and listen to Miss Ferris. Right. <laughs> so you had Matt. So I had Matt. After he left, my daughter was old enough to help, so Megan helps me out. Shout out, Megan. Whether she wants to or not. You better be smiling <laughs> while you listen to this podcast with your awesome mom. That's she right. She loves you. I love you. Thanks for helping, sweetie, whether you want to or not. <laughs> She's going to give you a raise in your allowance. <laughs> and then... So She's last... shaking her head no. Yes, Sorry, Megan. absolutely not. Sorry, love. <laughs> So then, and I also have a couple of other um, teenagers that help me. So I have Jackson and I have Saskia. And they come back and they help me get set up and they help give out stickers and kind of crowd control and to... Um, <laughs> They're bouncers. To keep them from having these little side conversations at loud volumes okay. and stuff. And then um, I also have another kid, Alex, that's been helping me some too. That's awesome. Now, how did you recruit Jackson and Saskia and Alex? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> They just showed up. Well, that was an honest well, answer. I ice skate with Saskia. Okay. And so she kind of asked me about doing it. And I'm like, sure, we'd love to have you. You know, Megan was voluntold. Right. I think Jackson's mom was looking for something for him to do. Well, I can tell out. you. Yes, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I can tell you several years ago, you asked me to cover for you one particular Sunday. You were out of town doing something. And I remember you called me and, and you brought the books. You came over, brought the books. This is the lesson. And I kind of tweaked it a little bit to go a little bit more with my style of teaching. But I remember you said, oh, and there's this young man, Jackson, back there. And he, he's got it. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, all right, right. I get to church early. And this kid had everything set up. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. And every time I see him now, he's, you know, he was probably fifth grade now. And back then and he did a fantastic job here he is now in 10th grade I just he went with the 12 teenagers total and my son and Sue and I went up to Notre Dame and he went on that Notre Dame vision conference retreat that was almost a week long and such an Saskia did as well that's right thank you and what awesome kids they are and I can imagine that they took that and brought that back with you into your your little chapel back there Mm -hmm. yep and Jackson will do the first reading he'll read the first reading that's amazing. I, I can love. never get Megan to read, but Jackson will read. That's because she's your kid. Yeah. I can totally relate. I shall not name <laughs> any names right now. Okay, so now that we know about that, thanks, Beth. I wanted to ask you, do you have any plans for Children's Liturgy of the Word? Are you trying to grow it? Do you have any goals, short-term goals, long-term goals? If you had your ideal world, like what would happen if money were not an issue, what would you do? <laughs> well, I would like to have it at the 12 o'clock Mass, too, for the Spanish community, just to let those kids participate in this also that's really it okay but my un- one of the things that I kind of missed this part but one of the things that I really try to to convey to the kids over everything not just that I'm trying to get them to love the gospel and to relate to the word but also I'm trying to get them to to understand how much God loves them mm-hmm. and so that's always part of it and that God loves you so much and then out of that love that he pours into you you can then pour out to other people that's beautiful do you have any stories, any standout moments, anything funny that ever happened back 
there without naming anybody's uh, names that you can think of? Uh, not off the top of my head. Funny things happen all the time, you know, with kids, especially that age. <laughs> right. Oh, I can imagine. I, I, when I was teaching school, I remember I was substitute teaching. And boy, I'll tell you, there were some things that happened. One time this kid got his hand stuck in a chair. Oh, no. And I had just graduated. I'm substituting. I'm, you know, trying to get a job over on the coast. And all of a sudden, Miss Rollette, my maiden name, Anthony's got his hand stuck in the chair. And I'm thinking, where in my college textbooks? That does, there, no, I know I did not read that. I thoroughly paid attention. <laughs> so I know kids will definitely razzle you and dazzle you. Yeah, they keep you on your toes, for sure. Especially when you ask questions. Sometimes you see that hand go up and you're like, uh, let's skip over little Johnny. And sometimes the hand is up and I haven't even asked him a question yet. I'm like, I know you want a sticker. Just hold that thought. Yes, <laughs> you're... <laughs> Passing out the stickers, you know, like the money. Like, why is your hand up? (laughs) I love it. Well, let me ask you this. In the process of serving these kids, and I want to make a little mention here of this. A lot of people don't realize this. But if you go to a church where there is clout or children's liturgy of the word, it's important to keep in mind that that teacher, that leader does not get to hear the homily. And that's not lost on me. I was watching you after about the third or fourth time of sending my own children back there. I sat there and thought, she doesn't get to hear this awesome homily. That's forever on my mind about, wow, she's back there feeding my kid, but how are you being fed? Obviously, you go to Mass, right. and you get the beauty of the Mass, but you do you do miss out on the homilies. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, wow, way to go, Beth. You missed out on that one. <laughs> And other times, like, oh, Beth's so lucky she missed out on that one. That wasn't your best father. So how are you being fed? <laughs> so I do There are, I do read all, a bunch of different devotionals for the week scriptures that are there. And I go to all the classes that um, Deacon Mike organizes. There's usually two a year. So I got to try and keep ahead of these guys. Mm-hmm. And then I got that Catholicism for Dummies books. Oh, <laughs> so. How's that working for you, Beth? It is working good. I'm keeping ahead of the kids. So far, so good. (laughs) The teacher said, uh, my professor said, all you have to do is stay one step ahead of the kids. One day ahead. One day ahead is all you need. Right. And the willingness to say, you know what? I don't know. And I do that in youth ministry. Sometimes kids will ask me a question and go, oh my goodness, I have not thought of that. I do not know. I will get back to you. The main thing is remembering to get back to them. I think that's Mm -hmm. key, is that honesty with the kids. Well, let me ask you a question. You've been doing Children's Liturgy of the Word now for how many years, approximately? Um, Six, I think. I kind of lost track, but I think I'm starting my seventh liturgical year now. Wow, so you're in your rhythm. I'm definitely in my rhythm. You've got it figured out. It's the Holy Spirit's rhythm now. You know, I'm not trying to control it all. I'm just like, all right, I got a rough idea what I'm going to say, and then we just go for it. So plans go a little bit more smoothly now and the lesson planning part of it? Yes, because okay. I don't have to plan as much. Right. <laughs> we did this three years ago. That sounds really familiar, right? Yeah, that too. <laughs> well, let me ask you, if you met somebody who was thinking about going into Children's Liturgy of the Word, aside from telling them, run, <laughs> what advice would you give somebody who's thinking about this ministry? Because it is a beautiful ministry. It is a beautiful ministry, and I love all those kids. But so you just have, that's I think the most important part is that you've got to love the kids and you got to want to help them and you want got to want to kind of bring them along and teach them how to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And then you have to also grow your own faith at the same time, again, right. so you can stay half a step ahead of them. Right. It's hard to feed others when you're not feeding yourself. So yeah. it's kind of like putting that oxygen mask on yourself. 
Do you ever see the kids out around town? And I do, and they're like, hey! They still think you're a rock star. Because no one knows my name, but they all recognize me. <laughs> what? Wait, they don't know your name? Do you, no. not have a, do you not have a name badge yet? I do have a name badge. Oh, my gosh. I was so excited to get a name badge. I love it. You know, Beth is so goofy. She has such a wonderful personality. She's sitting here right now, and I'm definitely going to put a picture of this on our social media. Her sense of humor is, I, there's a long pause right here. I'm going to edit this out, but it's it's interesting. Anyhow, Beth is wearing a shirt that says, Hedgehogs, why don't they just share the hedge? No. <laughs> the hedge. And the hedgehog is saying, no. I love it. Only Beth can pull off this. <laughs> Along with that shirt, you would not believe some of the little costumes she wears anytime there's any kind of little holiday that comes around. And on top of that, this past Halloween, Beth Ferris, did you go trick-or-treating with your daughter? Absolutely not. My daughter's 14. She doesn't want to trick-or-treat with no. me, but I did go trick-or-treating with your daughters. Yes, yes. So <laughs> Beth dressed up in a lovely Halloween costume and went trick-or-treating, not with her daughter. Without her own child, she went with somebody else's kid. So this is Beth Ferris, and she's leading your children, and maybe you all should run. <laughs> so... Poor Beth. Well, let me ask you this. In all honesty, what advice would you give along with, obviously, you have to love the kids, but what else would you say? That's pretty much it. You got to love the kids. Mm -hmm. And you got to trust in where the, the Holy Spirit's leading you when you're telling them these things. Because sometimes it's so easy to get off on these tangents. Right. That they'll... Like we're doing now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and somewhere in there, you should probably love the Lord, too. I was just trying to help you out with that one. Yes. Yes. And... Uh, like, seriously, I I do a lot of winging it. I'm just like, all right, Holy Spirit, it's all you, man. Let's go. But you know what? It's good. My kids will come it's back wonderful. and they share some beautiful stories. They have a different understanding of the gospel. And I love getting in the car and I'm like, wow, Beth's actually working back there. Way to go. She must have had a great helper helping her. <laughs> So let me ask you this. Are you promoting any projects? I know that Children's Liturgy of the Word is, it's a small ministry, but it's so vital to our parishes. It's vital to the church. I know Father Blake has a saying, and I know other priests say it too. If your church isn't crying, it's dying. And so I didn't know if you're promoting any projects. Are they doing any fundraisers for Children's Liturgy of the Word? Or do you have any other projects that you're promoting? There aren't really any projects with it. I just, I would love to get more of the kids involved in it. And really love to get it at the Spanish Mass. Okay, so but you not by me, not by her. <laughs> Ella no habla español. And no, I don't want to go to Mass twice in a row. Right, she <laughs> loves God, but not twice a, a week. We just can't do that. Not twice on Sunday. Way to go, Beth. We're live, Beth. You know that. I right? know that. But so seriously, if anyone is interested in running with that at the twelve o'clock Mass, I would be happy to get them started. Tell them what I know. Get them going and let them run with it. Okay, well that sets me up for the next question, and it's important because not everybody who's listening attends our church. So if you're thinking about getting involved with Children's Liturgy of the Word, I would encourage you to go and speak with your pastor, your DRE, your faith formation leader, and the main thing is that you have to love kids, like Beth said, and obviously you have to have a love for our Lord and be willing and open, be willing to be led by the Holy Spirit and to be open to what, where the Holy Spirit is leading you, obviously. And so that being said, if some people are wanting to get involved with our church or maybe they want to get involved in their own church and they would like to get some advice, I know sometimes people don't want to go and speak with their own priests or their own church leaders because they think, oh, they, they won't think I'm smart or whatever. So they they don't mind reaching out to a total stranger. I, that's weird. But right, actually, I'm not smart either. <laughs> and you are very strange. So, 
Beth and I know each other really well, which is why we're giggling this whole podcast interview session. But if somebody were interested in getting involved in this ministry and they would like to chat with you, or maybe they just like to get to know you and get some advice from you about Children's Liturgy of the Word, how could they get in touch with you? They can catch up with me on Facebook. Facebook. It's Beth Grisbinski Ferris. That is a name. Do you want to spell that? G-R-Z-Y-B-I-N-S-K-I. B-I-N-S-K-I. S-K-I. And Ferris is? F-E-R-R-I-S. I like the Ferris wheel. I'm sure you've never heard that. Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Oh, Bueller. wow. <laughs> I love it. We're crazy here. Oh, my goodness. I want to bring this back real quickly before we wrap this up. I was on your social media, Beth, speaking about how funny Beth is. <laughs> I was on Beth's social media, and how apropos, because I said that she is a veteran, and she's also a veterinarian, but she's not a vegetarian, not just quite yet. But anyhow, she has this new cat, and she, on social media, there was this funny little thing like, here's your little algorithm for the name that is given to you by your cat. Do you remember that? So I was looking at that and Beth's little algorithm, like if your name begins with this letter, you're this. If your last name begins with this letter, you're this. And the name given to you by your cat, Beth, was My Cranky Lap Throne. And I said, I know Beth was cracking up when she saw that. perfect. (laughs) So of course I had to go and do little Jen's and mine is My Clumsy Belly Rubber. Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. And if this does not define Beth Ferris, I don't know what does. And I'm Beth, I'm so glad for your joy. I'm so glad for your spirit. And I love that you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. And as, as much as we pick on each other and as much as we tease each other, you are a beautiful gift to our community. And it's really pained me to be nice to her right now because I'm normally not nice and she's very confused right now and she has this shocked look. But Beth is actually, with this Children's Liturgy of the Word, I cannot thank you enough because A, by taking our children back, especially when they're little, it does give the parents the opportunity to focus on the Word mm-hmm. and to focus on the homily. And it Especially gives us having that- the kids picking at their clothes and wiggling and squiggling. He's touching and me. You got to keep one eye on them the whole time. Yeah. It really does. And, and that was really why I wanted to continue that ministry. Right. It was for the parents at first. It wasn't for the kids. Oh. <laughs> but, you Truth know, the, bomb. The kids kind of grew on me. <laughs> Here I'm trying to be nice, and then she goes ahead and throws these truth bombs. But we do appreciate you. The parents appreciate you. I know that the kids love you. We love you, and we're glad that you are a part of our community. And I know that this podcast is going to inspire others. I know that definitely our laughter is going to inspire others. And if anything, we'll just listen to the podcast and laugh over and over again. But before I let you go, I was hoping that you could challenge our listeners. We have this thing called the 168 Don't Wait Challenge, and it's premised after the amount of hours in the week, 168 hours in a week. All right, let's see how smart Beth is. Did you know there were 168 hours in a week? Um, Just because you told me. (laughs) (laughs) See, nobody knows. See, I heard your story though. I am listening. She actually listened to the podcast. That's amazing. So we have 168 Don't Wait Challenge and it is a call to action like you call your children in Children's Liturgy Mm -hmm. of the Word. It's a call to action to everybody who's listening. Hey, you have 168 hours. What are you doing? And make these hours count for Christ. So what's your challenge for our listeners? So my challenge for our listeners is the same challenge that the challenge is for my kids. God loves you so much, and he pours all that love into you, and so that you need to share from that love. 
So, you know, tell someone you like their shoes or buy them some coffee or do something nice. Talk to the person that looks a little lonely. Do something nice for someone. That's your challenge. Yes. Don't be like the hedgehog. You need to share and you need to be nice. And say kind words and do nice things. Unlike what we do to each other when we're not on podcast. <laughs> well, Beth, I'm so glad that you were here. I hope that this was fun and painless for you. I know that you were a little apprehensive at first, but uh, we've had a great time we and I'm sure glad did. that you're here. So thank you so much for coming out. I look forward to next Sunday when I can send my kids back to you. I keep trying to send my 17-year-old back there, but for whatever reason, he doesn't want to go back there. <laughs> you know, he could give out stickers. He could give out stickers. That's what's gonna. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to make Noah give out stickers. Well, thank you, Beth, so much. Everybody, get on that 168 Don't Wait Challenge. Go out there and be nice, be kind, use nice words, and speak life into others. And Beth, thank you for speaking life into us. Thank you for your Children's Liturgy of the Word ministry. And I'm so glad that you are here. And I hope your Advent is beautifully blessed and wonderful like you. Thanks, Jen. Bye. Bye. If you laughed during this podcast with Beth, you're probably already part of the Cool Kids Club. If you didn't laugh, we'll get you a sticker and maybe a puffball. How much fun was our guest? Be sure to find Beth on Facebook at Beth Grzybinski Ferris, or however you say that, which is spelled G-R-Z-Y-B-I-N-S-K-I. And while you're on there, like our Whatsoever 168 podcast page, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our podcast too, please. I know we're so demanding. I also humbly ask you for your prayers for all my former guests and for all God's children who are working to build up his kingdom. We all need prayers as we get in the trenches in our own little Calcuttas and serve others and do God's work. Truly, we need your prayers. And speaking of prayers, I pray this Advent you are preparing a place for God in your own hearts. You are truly an innkeeper. And I pray you open the door to your heart to make room for Him and for those in your midst. And remember, whatsoever you do, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ. So be nice, because it's just too